The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Hello, and welcome to Lucas Lectures, hosted by the big fish himself, veteran Lucas. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's topic. In this corner, the grass type that slithered its way in and then out of the competitive scene with the loss of a single move. Let's hear it for Snivy. And in this corner, the Pokemon that spawned a million jokes about Pokemon bacon. It's ready to go whole hog. Let's make some noise for Tepig. And in this corner, martial arts training, dual blades. And not a single fighting typing to be found. It is as confusing as it is adorable. Let's hear it for Ashawata. Each one of these Pokemon has their strengths and weaknesses. But which one would be the most practical choice in the Pokemon world? Let's find out. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Lucas Lecture. It's me, Veteran Lucas. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day or night while you're listening. Today, we are doing another Pokemon showdown. This time, we are getting into Gen 5, Black and White, Black and White 2, the Unova region. And I gotta say, out of all the generations, to me personally, I feel like Gen 5 is almost like a lost generation. I mean, we don't really bring up their starters anytime. So if it wasn't for Legends, I feel like most of us would forget that Oshawott was even a thing. I mean, keep in mind, Gen 5 did something completely different from all the other games. It scrapped just about every single Pokemon that was already created in lieu of its own set, which again, Wild idea. If we did that today, we would be up in arms burning things to the ground. If we just said, oh, instead of some Pokemon not being allowed in, none of them are, play with these new toys. And again, some were hits, some were misses. I mean, Excadrill came out of that generation. That was pretty dope. Aside from that, I didn't really play as much with Gen 5 on, but there's some really good mons. Conkelder, love Conkelder. There's a lot of interesting Pokemon in this group, but I think out of all the starters, these are the ones that kind of get left behind. These are the ones that get forgotten, especially in the battling. We'll get to the battling in a bit. So if you've never listened to this before, what I'm going to do is I'm going to rate all three of the starters on four categories. Battle potential, care and maintenance, child friendliness, and utility. Again, some of these are pretty self-explanatory, how well they do in a fight, uh, how easy it is to care for them, can a 10-year-old actually care for them, and what they can do outside of battle. We got a little bit of data to go through, so let's go ahead and get started with our grass starter, Snivy. Now, Snivy is, again, one of the forgotten starters to me. He's a green little snaky boy. People really don't like snakes. I'll be honest, you don't really meet too many people who like snakes. So it's really cool that Pokemon decided to make this design, this charming, adorable snake that doesn't look as snake-like. It almost looks like a legless lizard, which you brought up in one of our interviews with Madison. Uh, the fact that it loses its feet and arms as it evolves, super cool. I think that's one of the coolest things you could do with the evolution, that just like real snakes and real legacy lizards, they lose their limbs or repurpose them for something else. If you want to see what I mean by repurpose, look up pythons and their pelvic spurs. It's really, really weird. Now with battle potential, this generation, 
instead of making it harder, for some reason they gave you a monkey that rounded out your type coverage, which was, again, odd. Like, it's like, oh, we want the games to be harder. Cool. Have a second worst starter. It's like, who asked for this? Nobody asked for the games to be easier. There's not a single person that asked for us to get a monkey sidekick. Anyway, uh, the first gym, because of that, is kind of annoying because you're always going to be fighting your opposite, so you're always going to need something to cover your butt. For the Tanivy family, it's not the safest place to be a grass type, except for one out of the eight gyms. It's honestly interesting, because this might be one of the first times where playing a grass starter could be seen as the harder option. Just about every gym, except for one, rips you apart like tissue paper. You are going to need some Pokemon to back you up. Obviously, your rivals have gotten weaker and weaker with every generation, so I barely count them as any kind of struggle. But I do like how the uh, villain team, Team Plasma, is actually going to be a little bit more variety. So you are going to need a bit of a team instead of having to Team Aqua or Team Mag with this. And remember, okay, just bring something that nukes water or nukes ground and fire and you'll be fine. Uh, if you were going to use a Snivy in battle, I honestly would just try and get one with the contrary ability because that thing shreds. Whenever you use Contra, you just Leaf Storm everything until it dies. If they hadn't gotten rid of Hidden Power, I, I would really, really, really want to use Snivy again in battle. Let's use Superior in battle. But without Hidden Power, it's kind of a lame duck, as it were. Now, on to care and maintenance. Uh, Grass Gang strikes again with the low food costs. Uh, these Pokemon use their tail to collect sunlight for photosynthesis. So as far as feeding goes, this Pokemon is super cheap. Imagine having to never buy your dog dog food. All you have to do is tell them to roll around the sun and they'll get plenty of sunlight there. Uh, Snivy is also said to be calm and intelligent, which makes it perfect for training and perfect for conditioning. So you will need to invest a bit more in other things. Uh, instead of focusing on training materials and things you'll need to protect yourself, you're going to need to invest in cleaning supplies. Since when they get dirty... They cannot photosynthesize, so you're literally starving them if they don't get a bath. But what's really, really cool is that once it evolves to a superior, it is known to take in sunlight to make itself stronger. So would it be illegal before a battle to just carry a UV light and just bathe your superior in it to make sure that it gets the boost that it needs? That feels like it would be a little bit of cheating. Maybe the sunstone gives off solar radiation. I don't know. The point is... I think it'd be really cool if you could juice up your Pokemon with sunlight before you had them fight. Now, as far as child friendliness goes, as we stated, the Pokemon is cool as a cucumber when you start. It's perfect for forming relationship with. Once it gets to being a superior, you may run into the problem of who is in charge. It is going to live up to that name a little bit. Uh, it uses its full strength only when it has to. So it's going to underestimate you and just about anything else around it if it gets a little too egotistical. Luckily, as we said in battle potential, just about every gym will beat the crap out of you. So that should probably put some humility into it. I do think it's also important to realize that once this thing gets big enough, it pretty much gets to use glare whenever it wants. And it will stun anything just by taking a good hard look at it. But keep in mind... A good trainer is going to have to put in work to make sure that when you order a leaf storm, it doesn't just send out a razor leaf because it thinks it doesn't need to use full power.
Now, last but not least, utility. This Pokemon falls into the same category of the I live for combat sort of deal. Actually, all three of these starters are going to fall into that category. Its ability to stare down anyone in its tracks will actually be pretty useful if you wanted to work with wilder Pokemon. If you wanted to work as a park ranger, instead of planting trees, you could actually use this to stop poaching. This thing works amazingly well in forests. So imagine being able to go and stop poachers by glaring at them. No violence, no muss, no fuss. Really, really useful ability but unlike other grass types it, it can't take its solar energy and produce something with it it's not like meganium who is the perfect thing to have outside of combat because it can't feed itself or torterra who can't feed a literal village this pokemon is pretty much meant to do one thing and one thing only stun weakness into silence and beat the snot out of anything else it can so to wrap it all up in a bow a battle potential, we're going to go ahead and give this one a 4 out of 5, just because Contrary is fantastic. Uh, if we're going to give it for care and maintenance, a 4 out of 5, because to be honest, being calm and collected, pretty great. Child friendliness, uh, 3 out of 5. It's great at first, but this thing can get a little bit dicey once it gets older. And utility, 2 out of 5. This might be the lowest utility of any grass starter because it's, it's a snake that eats sunlight. It's not going to be out there saving lives and making sure that everyone's well fed. It's kind of looking out for number one. So next up we have Tepeg and oh, another generation, another firefighting. Although this was the last true fighting type fire combo that we ever got. I'm coming for you Incineroar, I'm coming for you. Now I do like that out of all the fire serves we've had to this point, this was the first one that kind of went more for bulk instead of pure power or a bit of speed on it. This Pokemon was built to take a few hits. Uh, it was a good change of pace, and honestly, out of all the starters, this has the best shiny. You Charizard lovers can fight me with your Black Dragon of Death, but blue flames on an Embor is absolutely fantastic. No one can talk me out of how cool that looks. Now, for battle potential, uh, for a pig, this thing sure is beefy, uh, and it can handle itself in a fight providing it doesn't get hit with a special attack based on its weaknesses. Uh, there's only one gym that's going to be a death sentence. The rest are either neutral or easy. So this is one of those times where a fire type, not the worst thing to go with, not the hardest path to take. Uh, unlike Gen 4, uh, you don't need to pick this fire type to be solid gameplay, though, that you have Darmanitan in this generation. If you've never used a Darmanitan before, it's like an Embor, but without the HP and without the need for HP because it hits like its fists are made out of two dump trucks. And then you gave it a choice ban. We all gave Darmanitan so many choice bans that Pokemon gave up and gave it the ability choice ban. And you know what we did? We threw a choice ban on it again. Absolutely insane. Mind-boggling Pokemon. It's in this game. Your fire type can be replaced. Of all the firefighting typing, there is a reason people don't bring this one up too often. It doesn't get a cool hidden ability or function as a mixed attacker. and He's too fast for Trick Room and too slow for anything else. So as far as battle potential go, he, he's cool in concept. But compared to the others, he, he's pretty mild, if not forgettable. Now for care and maintenance, this one is probably the most expensive Pokemon I've ever had to talk about. This Pokemon feeds entirely on a diet of cooked berries and vegetation, which sounds, okay, no problem. But what if I told you that the more you feed it, the stronger it gets? Pig Knight's Dex points out that the more it eats, the stronger it's going to become. It's going to use that fuel to literally burn up and make itself fiery. With Snivy, you give it some UV rays and it's off to the races. With Pig Knight, 
120 pounds of pig is just sitting there asking for more and more food and you're constantly having to feed it, if it can't forage for itself, you are going to have to foot the bill for all of that food. You are like 10 to 14 years old. You will be broke before you hit the second gym. Uh, once you get an embor, uh, cleaning out the fur is also going to be a huge pain because that beard does not get turned off at all. You are going to have to have fireproofing on everything to clean this thing. At least with Charizard, it's just the tail. With this thing, you can't even walk around a city. This thing is somehow a bigger fire hazard than the almost dragon. Now onto child friendliness, Embor takes uh, great care of its friends, which is fantastic for a new trainer. That's awesome. As you get this thing as a tepeg and you're the one feeding it, thus making it stronger, it's probably going to bond to you really, really quickly. Uh, pigs are among some of the smartest animals on earth. So I assume that the pig knight line would be easier to train than other mons and they don't have that feistier nature that our next starter is going to have. Uh, it is a fighting type though. So as we've said with other fighting types, you're going to be needing to be in some decent shape. You can't be squishy or weak if you're having a fighting type. Or you could get the loop around and give it someone to beat up yourself. Like give it another fighting type to fight with. Nothing worse than a board fighting type because eventually it's going to turn those flaming knuckles on you. Now with utility, uh, the dex mentions that it can light its hands on fire using its beard, meaning it can transfer the fire from one point to another safely. With almost every other Pokemon we've had, the fire has to be breathed out or kicked out or lighting up wrists. Uh, this Pokemon, what it can do is it can literally just take the fire wherever it goes from its beard. So it's a walking lighter with a whole lot more power. This Pokemon can help with any restaurant or forging work it wants. And it's not only fire, it's ridiculously strong in terms of bulk. It can carry a lot of cool stuff. Uh, if you're into dirty, honest work, after you go ahead and beat the Elite Four, go to a steel mill, the best place for an ember. You can do some hard work, pay union duels, collect a pension. It's a simple life, but it's one where you can make some money. Or you can just do what I did with my Ember team, find the last of Team Plasma, and beat those gloons to a fiery, ashy pulp. Because to remind you all again, Team Plasma is the worst, and I wanted them gone. So to wrap things up, for battle potential, a 3 out of 5, just because it can replace it with a Darmanitan and no one would notice the difference. Care and maintenance, 2 out of 5. Fiery beards are hard to clean, and I don't want to. Uh, child friendliness, 4 out of 5. If it's going to be your best friend, honestly, the only thing that would bring it up to a 5 out of 5 if it made you breakfast in bed. Uh, utility, eh, 3 out of 5. Again, the idea that it can carry its own flame around is pretty useful, and the fact that it's going to actually be, you know, kind and friendly is going to make things a whole lot easier if you're going to go branch out and work with other people. Now, last and certainly not least, we have Oshawott. This Pokemon just got a lot more hype than the other two because, again, it's going to be in Legends. And I'm going to start off saying this. Say it with me now. This Pokemon deserves to be water fighting. I'm serious. Embor could have gotten away with Fire Ground or Pure Fire, and nobody would have cared. As you read the decks, everything about this Pokemon is based on martial arts combat, and it just stays pure water. It learns fighting type moves naturally before Embor does. Look it up. If they leave him as just a water type in Legends, if they don't do some crazy Arceus God nonsense and give him a new typing, I'm going to be really depressed because I think that Oshawa deserves better. It deserves to have dual typing because it, it's so built for it, but they decided, no, haha, firefighting again and water gets pure. I don't even play with water types and I feel that's a shame. Anyway, battle potential. Uh, this thing's stats, not stellar. 
It's almost as if Superior just took a little bit of speed from Tepic and Oshawott to make them both completely unviable in terms of any of the metas. Uh, the move pool? Not bad. It's actually got a pretty diverse move pool, but the gyms could be a challenge um, except for one. Uh, it does get Aqua Jet in a time when nothing can stop priority moves, which is always nice. And with a heart scale, again, that wide move pool of Mega Horn, if you egg breed it, you can get Sacred Sword. But again, imagine getting Sacred Sword and not having the stab to back it up. That is, that is just dark and depressing as far as I'm concerned. But again, having a water type is always pretty useful. There's some pretty strong ground types, and the fact that you can pick up a couple of ice moves and surf around is useful. But again, it's it could do a lot better with some extra power in the typing. Now, as far as care and maintenance go, um, I've said this actually. is one of the earliest things I taught about. Uh, otters are some of the top predators in their food chain. So I doubt this thing is living on just berries like the deck says. Uh, this Pokemon is training constantly with those shells, and there's a good chance that they are going to break. You may have to get some more shells to make sure that these uh, scallops don't just keep breaking constantly. You're going to have to replace them. And depending on which region you're in, they're going to be more expensive. If you're in a place like Alola, you can just go to the beach and pick up as many of those scallops as you want. If you're in Unova, I guess there's enough of them to go around. But if you're in one of the Hoenn regions and if you're near the desert, you're probably not going to be able to get as many shells. Again, it depends on where you are, but it's going to probably be more expensive. Otters are also notorious for being animals that are difficult to handle and care for, so much so that facilities have given codes like Code Otter to whenever an otter potentially escapes. For gear, you're going to want something with some extra tough padding, some cup-proof gloves, a couple of training dummies, uh, a fractious move on. Again, this is all going to cost quite a bit, but you are going to have to protect yourself because, again, this thing literally grows up fighting, and every time it evolves, you have to help it fight more. Now, as far as child friendliness goes, otters make the absolute worst pet. Anyone who says they want an otter as a pet knows nothing or is just trying to mess with me. Uh, this otter literally comes with a blade. It's like saying, oh, let's get this weasel for a pet, and the weasel has a switchblade. They are easily provoked, as the desk points out. Uh, it will fight immediately if it's provoked, so it's really good to stay on its good side. It doesn't really ask for a clarification. It just kind of attacks. As you train with it, you are going to need to find places for it to train, and I don't think the local park is going to want you cutting down trees everywhere it goes. Uh, this Mon would be great for seasoned trainers. Like if you're four or five badges in and you find an Oshawa, yeah, you got a couple of buddies behind you to back you up. You can work hard together and train. But if this is your first Pokemon, a water weasel with a razor blade, I don't think it's going to be the best fit for a kid. Now, for utility, it does use tools. And that's actually pretty amazing. I, I know in Pokemon that it's not as big a deal to be using tools like a lot of Pokemon, like literally Kadabra uses spoons, but is it the first start of the show tool usage to survive? And I think that's rad. Uh, you can make a whole career off removing debris, uh, considering that uh, slight spoiler for black and white, they cause a whole heck of a lot of damage to around the Elite Four. Uh, there may be a market for you to start clean up, obviously being a water type you can surf around, and this thing can literally cut up just about anything once it becomes a Samurott. A Samurott honestly took a page out of Survivor's book, and it can use glare to silence people, making it an excellent teaching companion. This is a really good Pokemon if you wanted to start a, a training school or some kind of dojo. It's a great idea to have this starter, and think about it. A dojo run by the current champion, everyone would sign up. You'd make so much money. 
But again, like the other two, these signs are basically meant for fighting. They're not meant for anything else that involves helping people or being kind or much of anything else that isn't involving beating the snot out of each other. So to wrap it up, uh, battle potential, uh, 3 out of 5. Care and maintenance, 3 out of 5. Child friendliness, eh. I was going to give it a 1, but I'm feeling generous. 2 out of 5. And utility, 3 out of 5. It, it's just so blunt. And again, why doesn't it have a fighting typing? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We'll wrap it up. If you want the cool, calm, collected snake, that's going with Snivy. Again, you're probably a Slytherin, but it's still a pretty good set to go with. Uh, if you want to go with the pig with the glorious beard, great attitude, and an appetite that will leave you broke and destitute on the street, a uh, tepig works pretty well. And if you want to train the ways of the blade, do all the fighting type training, get beat up, and not even get a fighting typing out of that, go Oshawott. Again, this is just a thought experiment. They all have been. If you love these starters, please use them. These are just games. I want you guys to enjoy what starters you can. But from a practical, scientific setting, th these three, there's a reason that they're forgotten compared to the others. They have weird stats. They don't have the best abilities. I really hope that in Pokemon Legends, at least for Oshawa, we see it get something really, really cool. Before we cut out, I want to give a shout out to Isaac and Raymond, our two new patrons. Thanks a lot, guys. You guys are really helping us out, keeping the lights on on the podcast. You keep supporting us. We'll keep making as much content as we can. As we're moving on with the rest of the year, hopefully we'll get to more conventions. We had an amazing turnout at ColossaCon. I wasn't there, sadly, because, you know, Japan. But uh, you guys had so much attention on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, you guys were so nice to all of the crew. Thank you so much. If anyone out here is listening from Colossal Con, you may not have met me, but I'm Lucas, and I appreciate you. All right, guys, so that wraps up this episode. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day or night. We'll see you guys for the next Lucas Lectures. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Peace!